The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. Welcome to the Quirky Dog Podcast, inspired by some of the quirkiest dogs you can ever imagine and the owners who love them. This podcast is brought to you by the quirky couple themselves, Scott and Jess Williams. Their aim is to educate and entertain. Here's Scott and Jess. Welcome, guys, and happy Wednesday. We're coming to you live from Salem, New Hampshire today, and we have a very special guest. We actually have two very special guests. One of them is laying at my feet. She was one of our clients from 2021. But we're inviting on Kristen Cormier today, who was a client of ours last year, and she is doing a great job with Daisy, and we just kind of wanted to tell her story a little bit. So first, we're going to start with the quirky tip of the day. <coughs> Scott squeaked the pig. That's always a good sign. And Kristen's <laughs> going to give you guys the tip because she came up with it. We're getting a little lazy on the tips, honestly. It's, it's pretty much like 30 seconds before we're live. We're like, what's the so Kristen's doing it today. Yeah, well, so if for other other folks out there like us who you're struggling with training your pet and maybe you're you're you've been shopping different trainers, if something doesn't feel right, it's or if it, you feel like it's not working with your pet, it's not. And keep looking, preferably Scott and Jess. Um, but <laughs> don't ship your dogs to us, please. <laughs> <laughs> but that if your if your instinct is telling you something, it, it's correct. You know your dog. Yeah, you know. and you want to have something that works, right? Like mm-hmm. that's why you guys sought out trainers. So tell me a little bit. Scott went to the first eval, and I didn't meet Daisy. So tell me just a little bit about that. And Kristen's husband's name is Mike. If we mm-hmm. reference him, and their son is Grayson. So if mm-hmm. we throw those names around. That's who we're talking about. And the dog is an English golden, cream golden, whatever you want to call it, named Daisy, and she's laying at my feet calmly. So when you guys had Scott out for that initial evaluation, walk us through that a little bit, maybe how you found him, how that went, everything else. Yeah. So we found him through our neighbor, who had also done a board and train with you guys. Um, And so we live in an apartment complex, and there's like 75 or 80 dogs. And um, you know, everyone you ask, they're sending their dog to a different place, different daycare, whatever. Um, but when my, cl- our close friends, uh, referred us and, uh, we had seen such a, a change in their dog. Um, and so when Scott walked in, we all breathed the sigh of relief and we were, <laughs> we've been thankful ever since, but, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't know what to expect. Uh, we had gone to another, a, a facility for puppy training, um, and gotten some feedback that was not helpful, um, and frightening. And, um, because we didn't have an aggressive dog, we didn't know if we had a problem (laughs) and we just had a dog that seemed really nervous and didn't want to do anything. And, And her world became so small. Um, and after one hour with Scott, just taking a walk outside with a different collar and some very minimal pointers. Yeah. Uh, our lives changed from that, that first hour. Um, and you know, we were like, we're sending her like, you know, he went over all the options that are, what were available and it, uh, he wasn't out the door and we're like, yeah, we're doing, yeah. What we're, do you remember about training. that first? Well, I remember training. that, um, Daisy was very fearful mm-hmm. and you were, yeah, I think if I remember correctly, you said the only time that she really goes out of the apartment is just to pee. And back in, that's kind of where you were at. You were not really getting her out of the house for walks or anything because she was so reactive or controlled by her fear where she was darting and everything was making her, you know, a nervous wreck. And so I said, we we took her outside and uh, started doing, 
just tried to get her to walk on a leash and giving her a lot of direction and putting some control on her. And she kind of rose to the occasion pretty quickly. She started working with me and then mm -hmm. she worked with you a little bit before I left. And it was nice to see that by just giving her some direction and letting her know, you know, to work within certain parameters, she started to settle in pretty quick, I think. Well, and I don't know if I was in the car or you called me after, but I remember, and I don't know if you said this or not, but Scott goes, the lady told me that it was the longest the dog had ever been outside. <laughs> yeah, no, it really was. <laughs> yeah, like, and that ever. was, that was extreme. Like, we're talking about an hour eval, and I don't remember what time of year it was that he came, but it was kind of just like go out to go pee and then drag back, yes. right? She was yeah. a year old at the time. We were literally outside 30 seconds, maybe. Yeah. You know, she would hear some, a leaf could pass by. It wasn't, no, we're not talking the fireworks yeah. and thunderstorm kind of fear. We're talking. Kind of like a global fear almost oh, that she had of everything. A, a FedEx truck would drive yeah. by, uh, you know, not even close to us. Yeah. You know, a motorcycle yeah. three miles in the distance. And she had gotten away from you, you told me, at one she, point. Yes. And, and it was a nightmare trying to get her back. She was afraid of everything and oh, running all over the place. Right. And so we had all this guilt after that thinking that, like, did, did that traumatize her even more? And now there's a point of no return. And we had, we had no idea. <laughs> you know, we had just all this guilt and we, you know, you get a dog, a golden retriever yeah. that you hear, this is our first animal, our first uh, dog, we have two cats, um, that, you know, everyone says, so easy, so trainable. Yeah. So we thought this was kind of like a plug and play, yeah. you know, kind of pet, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and we thought like we could teach her whatever and she'll just learn it. And then that was not the case at all. And um, what, you know, Scott kind of, reassured us of is that no she can be trained yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. it's just and we were like oh thank you like yeah. we didn't know we we yeah. thought we were like you know just um, well and it's a long journey she's a year at the time theoretically best case scenario she lives 15 plus you're thinking oh my god 14 more years and your son you have a six-year-old son is he six he's five he's five yeah so that's almost as long as their son would be home too right. it's like oh my gosh we have the son we have the dog like there's a lot of stress here for that amount of time yes. and can you talk about grooming a little bit too because grooming was a struggle the first year of her life right <laughs> yeah we you know we had um actually even gotten to the point where we had to cut out some mats yeah um behind her ears and everything because it was just such everything was so traumatic for her yeah and uh going we went to the groomer couple we had shopped around um because we had different feedback again yeah. uh and some weren't comfortable with her uh because she would keep going to the bathroom and the yeah. bathtub and they didn't like that and in uh yeah. You know, stuff that just happens and, and even just, just getting her in the door. It was, I was like, well, I got her in the door, but it was not graceful. Yeah. <laughs> it was messy. It was an accomplishment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't still happy about it because I thought I was so unsure and we were so unsure that we're like, are we, are we traumatizing her more? Yeah. By trying to do these things that she needs yeah. now, you know, and going yeah. to the vet, they were like, oh no, she just needs to come right in. And she's like, you know, pulling and I'm, we had to make Pooping sure Pooping throughout the whole Oh, the whole office. thing. We, yeah, exactly. You know, and the amount of poop I had to clean up in yeah. stores just to yeah. get to the back of the store where the yeah. groomer was or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. that stress really weighed on her heavily. And I noticed that when she came in too. And the clients that we get and the dogs that come in, there's varying levels of, you know, care that the coats need and everything else. So, you know, you have a dog with a short little coat, like a whippity kind of coat. Yeah, fine. It doesn't really matter. But some of these dogs with extensive coats that have either fought handling from the owners or from groomers or something else, it can get to be a real pain in the butt. And mm -hmm. her, I mean, her 
coat condition wasn't necessarily great, and you had her on a higher quality food. What do you have on the farmer's dog? She's on farmer's dog. Yeah, now. so yeah. they had her on like a pre-made raw type of situation to try to help with the immune system there. She had had some autoimmune issues that we can mm-hmm. talk about, and it was just kind of like I'm looking at this dog and I'm like, geez, why doesn't why don't they? brush her? Why don't they take her to the, you know, groomer to get bathed? And within like two days, I realized why, because there was this extreme fear of everything. And it was just a process getting her out the door to go to the bathroom and come back in like you guys were experiencing. So I would say for us, the transformation kind of happened within that first week where it was just like, we're just going to deal and we're just going to go places. And then everything else kind of started falling into place. But we took her, I would say at least for two or three baths because I knew that, okay, maybe this will be a thing. And we brought her to a location where we could load her into a tub so she would get out and about because the more we got her out and about, the better she was. And she hadn't been out and about much, not to your detriment. Like that wasn't your failing. It was hard to get her out. Yeah. And it's hard to get her to the Doing everything work. It's doing everything everything right is a lot of work. I mean, yeah. controlling her and yeah, keeping her plan. only losing her once was like a feat for me, as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Like she's a hard dog just to hold yeah, on. She's the leash. strong enough that if she darts out, yeah. she could pull you down or just pull yeah. that leash out of your hand and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you wanted your son to be able to walk her and that kind of stuff, which he was on the return. I remember that yes. was really cool. Yeah. And he so. knows all the commands now, you know, when she's coming out of the crate and, yeah. and, and he's, you know, he's helping feeding her and I mean, all of that you know, skipping ahead, we're kind of skipping ahead to the end result, but, but all, but we didn't know the amount of stress that we were feeling from her in her condition until she left for two weeks. (laughs) And then when she came back, I mean, it was, it was just so heavy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No. And I, I was there and I came to the return. I don't come to the returns that frequently. I'm normally home with the dogs and Scott's out and about on the road, but like this was a special case for us and we wanted it to go as smoothly as possible for them. And really the bottom line is like what Kristen said is so true. You don't realize how much stress there is until the dogs removed. And there's a lot going on in the world. We had the pandemic. Like there was a lot going on at that time, six to eight months ago that you don't necessarily know where your stress is coming from. But if it is coming from your dog and you can alleviate some of that stress, like, great, that's really important. And that's part of why we invited Kristen on today, because we want to give people hope. Some of you who are listening who are like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. I'm hitting my head against the wall, that maybe your stress level can get a lot better. I mean, that's that's yeah. possible. Yeah, yeah, we had lived with it for so long. We yeah. thought that was normal. Yeah. We thought this was how it was, her whole life was going to be. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. grateful for everybody that it's not. Well, and, you know, I will add that, you know, dogs that have, you know, real extreme behavior, people see the biggest turnaround because it's so bad in the other direction that when it gets even just to a baseline, that's a huge improvement, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, when people call me and say, oh, my dog is great. We just want to polish up a few things. I get concerned because... They're telling me their dog does everything great already. Nothing's perfect. It doesn't matter how long I have a dog. If they want, you know, that dog to come every time when called, I tell them I can't promise that. And you shouldn't expect a perfect dog. If you, you know, you evaluate the situation before you take your dog off leash, assuming you have a dog that will come when called. Because if there's some some things there that your dog has not seen before, you may want to reconsider just letting them fly and see what happens and hope for the best, you know? And like you guys know, it's not just you get a dog back and, okay, it's on autopilot, here we go. There's some follow-up on the other end. And you and Mike and Grayson, all three of you, have really stepped up to help with that. All right, we're going to go to break super quick. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about Kristen's holistic care and what Daisy looked like on the other end of boot camp. (laughs) 
Does your dog lack self-control? Are you looking for some answers? Would you like your dog to be calmer? Does your dog lack confidence? Canine MindShift. Enroll in a free course today. Simply go to caninemindshift.com. That's caninemindshift.com. All right, we're back with Kristen and Daisy, and most importantly, my co-host, Scott. He sometimes feels left out, especially when we have a guest. Him and his cigar, we couldn't do it without him. I'm just laying low. (laughs) Staying out of trouble. I wanted to talk a little bit about Kristen's journey here, because you were seeing a holistic vet even before you came and found us, right? Yes. And was that your own doing, or did your Western vet recommend that? How did that happen? Yeah, so we we have two cats, Mm -hmm. and they go to... I guess West Western is that would yeah, that be yeah, yeah non holistic yeah. traditional yeah yeah and um, but when we got Daisy from a breeder uh, they strongly encouraged holistic okay vet so even before we she we had her in her first eight weeks of life uh, we were already researching that because okay. that was the advice of the breeder um, and this breeder she's from um, West Virginia so mm-hmm. they're not in our area we really had to do a lot of of research yeah and we found one in. Um, in Exeter, New Hampshire. And it's, our experience has been great because I feel like we're actually being educated, Mm -hmm. uh, with her care more than we are say with our, with our cats. Um, because we're understanding the whys behind what, uh, she's doing and, and how she, you know, just how she can accept the rabies vaccine better. Her body can absorb better. Just things like that, that what, what we're learning and also, um, how, not everything is just treated with a pill. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was different for us too, that, you know, there's different tactics and, yeah. um, you know, because we thought her tummy troubles was from that she had just the worst stomach in the world. Yeah. And this was going to be her destiny was that she yeah. was going to be have diarrhea for the yeah. rest well, of Well, let's life. touch on that a little bit. So we got her about a year. Scott came when she was about a year old. But you had had a lot of GI struggles, correct? A ton. Almost yeah. constantly. And there was some coat stuff going on. Was she on um, canine immune when she came in from Standard Process? I can't remember. Yes, she, she was. She, she was already on like an autoimmune kind of supplement that was combating some of these issues. Yeah. And the stool really never improved, right? I mean, was no. there, there was never a time. When she would go on, I, I forget whatever medis- medication Oh, metronidazole. Yes, yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, it would clear up. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks after. Yeah. So I don't know how long she's been home, how many months, but how, how's her stool been since she's returned just for our own heads? It's been amazing. I would say no more, we have not had diarrhea. Okay. I would say it, it's mostly um, hard and then the worst it gets is soft. Okay. So it's not just full on diarrhea anymore. And that was a big issue. Like it was a stressful situation that you guys were dealing with. And I personally dealt with that also because we had Daisy was, she was two weeks. Mm -hmm. She came for two weeks. Okay. So. I, I was having a lot of tummy issues too. And, you know, there was just stress getting outside, being in a new environment, everything else. So I put her on bland and I still saw loose stool just being on a bland diet, just based on visits and, you know, outings and everything else. So I was like, okay, this is stress. And then as soon as things started getting more consistent where, okay, she can get in the car, she can go on an outing, she can walk around Home Depot and look somewhat like a normal dog and I'm not meaning to be rude to her but I mean she was extreme like darting everywhere pulling all her might and she's what probably 40 something pounds 40 50 pounds 46 yeah so 46 (laughs) pounds it wants to go is like a lot it's just going home depot you don't want to be dragging that around so I had seen that change I would say probably to the seven to ten day mark where I'm like 
all right, we're solid. She's back on the food that she came in on. And it was just consistent. And I think part of that was just getting over this hump where she was so afraid to be out in the world. And we truly did see this. Like she was one of our standout clients, I would say from 2021 and probably our whole career. She was so extreme for her to get out in the world that once she finally was out in the world and just dealing in the world and it wasn't as terrible as she thought it was, I would say the stool got better right around then. Yeah. 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 And you know, one thing I really appreciate about you and and Mark and Grayson, Mike, Mike. Mike, I'm sorry, (laughs) is just that um, you didn't second guess everything we told you. And we have a lot of clients, not a lot, but we have a fair amount of clients that when we, on the other end, when we return the dog and we say, you know, you need to be doing crating and you need to do this and you need to do that. We have the dog's best interest in mind. It's not that we don't want people to enjoy their dog, but we know the dog needs a certain amount of kind of emotional rehabilitation Mm -hmm. to get them to just be calm within their own skin. And people start second-guessing everything. They don't want to feed the food we recommend. They don't get the crate that we tell them to get. You know, just because they really don't want to. It's not that they don't trust us. They don't want to, to do these things. You know, they don't feel good about putting a dog in a crate. And you guys said, whatever we got to do, we'll do it. We need this dog to be happy, healthy. We want our son to enjoy this dog. We want to enjoy the dog. And just like, I, that's just the way you guys work. Because when you said the breeder recommended a holistic vet, you guys were all over that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people would say, oh, yeah, yeah, but we have our own vet. Thanks. We're gonna, yeah, yeah. We have someone right down the street we'll use. Yeah. But you're trying yeah. to do things that's best for the dog based on what the breeder said and then based on what we said. And your dog is much better. Yes. You know? You're doing a good job. It's nice. (laughs) It's nice because I tell people when when people pay me money and then they start telling me about, well, I researched this and I researched that. I tell them, you've paid me now to be the professional. So stop researching and follow what I'm recommending here. That's why you're paying me. You know, you don't need to continue searching anymore. If what I'm doing for you isn't working, then you can go find another trainer and see if it works better with somebody else. But at least give me and the dog um, that time where you're just going to follow one method. You're not going to second guess anything and then see how it goes, you know? Well, and the funny thing, and this happened when we had our facility in Salisbury, um, ironically, because Kristen's in that area as well. What Scott did, how long have you been doing this, babe? 20 years, 15, yeah. 20 years? What Scott did 20 years ago, maybe, for boot camps really doesn't even look the same as what we do now because we have evolved so much in what the dogs need. The dogs well, the have dogs become have more extreme. Yeah, the owners are interacting with the dogs differently. So, like, even this, like, cookie-cutter process, it's not what Scott was doing when he first learned to train dogs or his first mentors. Like, we are catering each dog and each setup to what will be- work best for the owners, and that's part of the reason I wanted to go back on the return. And I want to talk about this stepping on the leash exercise because I'm doing this right now with Daisy. Do you guys still do this? Yes. Okay. And in like, in what context, like where are you doing this type of exercise for her? Yeah. So, um, we're doing it when, so like you said, we have, we have a (laughs) five-year-old full of energy. Um, sometimes he can get a little excited and, um, very you know, bright, very bright kid. Yeah. I he, he gave he us is. a green I, pumpkin I liked him. for Halloween. I liked him right away. Yeah. <laughs> he's the only normal one in Scott, the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. connects well with the kids. We'll he's yeah. always in with the kids. <laughs> yeah, and um, so we we have there have been times where we had company over, and that's getting our son excited. Yeah. and so then then the dog's getting excited, yeah. and we've put the leash and just sat with her like that. Um, in that it gives her something to. She, 
she, it's like she doesn't have to think about anything anymore. Yeah. So it's like, oh, this is what I'm doing now. And then it calms her right down. And just recently I did it when we went to uh, a routine visit at the vet just a couple of weeks ago. You know, we walked in. She was like, she's familiar, but it's like this still like, well, yeah. what's lurking around the corner? Yeah. But, but she's still happier. You know, yeah. there's still a change, but then there's still this, uh, it, it still lives in her a little yeah. bit. And uh, I just sat down in the waiting room. It wasn't our turn yet. I sat down, I put the leash down and she just immediately laid and now you know she yeah. it, it's it's immediate and I, I could just see her breathing regularly yeah, she does kind of decompress and that's why I mentioned it because she's doing a great job here and there's a bunch of wires and stuff under the desk that you know she could be scattering around and pulling out and then one of us you can't hear and everything so you know I mean we didn't want her to be on a chair the whole time I will pick her up here before we close just so you guys can see how cute little Daisy is but you know there it, it depends on the dog I don't want a dog to be on the podcast and be stressed out when we had little buddy the big freaking uh, bulldog in the podcast we're trying to hold up the bed like it depends on the dog but she is here laying comfortably at my feet and it is important to note because it does kind of give her an automatic exercise to decompress in and I think what was most noteworthy to us and what made us feel really good was the follow-up you gave us about her recent vet visit compared to her previous vet yes. visits it was so nice to get those texts yeah, Any, anytime you want to send great texts to me, <laughs> go right ahead <laughs> but I mean her old vet visits weren't as smooth it seemed they were not uh, the whole staff knew it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were fine with her. They still loved her and everything, and they worked with her, and they were they're great. Um, uh, and they do know of you of you guys, and so they even asked, Are "You still with Scott and Jeff?" We're yeah. like, "Oh, yep, <laughs> we're never leaving." You know, even if they want us to. And um, but you know, even the vet, you know, uh, herself, she was like, "This is a different. This is a different Daisy." And she's, you know, and just just to see how she responded to getting um, a vaccine and then yeah. how she clipped her nails and she said how she's like nail clipping is the most traumatic things thing yeah. for dogs and I didn't even realize that and yeah. she and and she's like that was one of that was maybe one of the best dogs I had you know in 2021 with a good nail girl clipping. And, yeah kind of, kind of scary to think about <laughs> yeah oh, how yeah happened. and it's only February <laughs> you know so but uh, you know, that's the work that we've been doing yeah. is but it's it carries off. over. Yeah. Right. And you're keeping up with it. Like Scott yeah. said, you're not just like, okay, everything's fixed. Let's throw the crate away. We never have to step on the leash again. Like you're leaning into what worked and it's yeah. continuing to work for you. And all we want is more progress for them moving forward. Right. And there was a previous groomer in the same town. We know the people that work there and everything else. I actually just got Chris and a gift certificate to go there and groom Daisy there. And like previously that didn't work out. And I went there as an, like a test run to see how it went. And I almost cried. I mean, really, it was like poetic. She's like jumping in the tub on her own. One of my dear friends had just flown in actually as a surprise and got to see the dog because I'd been talking about Daisy while we had her. I'm like, I'm concerned. Like this is a lot. This is, and she's in a public place getting ready to get, you know, a grooming eval. And she was, it was almost poetic. And that is to your credit for sure. But also to Daisy's. Daisy really does have it in her to be a good girl. And I think she wants to feel normal. I think we all want to feel normal in some way. She does. I think that we comment on this a lot, especially at night after our son goes to bed and then Daisy's the baby, yeah. you know, and, um, and she'll squeeze on the couch between Mike and I. Um, and, you know, she really just wants to be part of the pack. Yeah. And I think that's all she ever, re- all she ever wants. Yeah. And now she can do that and be a productive member of our pack, you know, and yeah. not, no, not this like neurotic and then yeah. we're responding and then we're all just, you know, Hysterical. having, yeah, having yeah. a bad time. And, yeah. Um, you know, and, and like we rearranged our whole living room for the crate, you know, and I ordered a, we <laughs> got rid girl. of, we got rid of two recliners and so that we could have it. And, and now the crate is the a custom end crate table. designer came in. Yeah. Yeah. And we got this wood topper for it. And, you know, because we're in an apartment, we had to, we, we had to make it work. And yeah. when Scott said, get this size, I'm like, okay, 
ordered. You yeah, know, it's yeah. coming. And yeah. um, because we had donated our first one because uh, it did, you know, we couldn't get her in it. Yeah. No, that's the thing. And and that isn't your fault. She doesn't want to go in a crate. She's crying to get out of a crate. You feel like terrible humans. Your five-year-old's looking at you like, why does the dog have to be in the crate? It's yes. so sad. Like, yeah. it's it's stressful. It is a process. But, I mean, really, we are we are really proud of you and Mike and Grayson. And Daisy is doing a great job. Do you have anything else to share on the situation that we haven't touched on? Well, I would say that, you know, Daisy had a lot of anxiety and a lot of fear that uh, you've working through. We all work through together along with, you know, the basic obedience. But there's a lot of people out there that have dogs that don't have a lot of fear. They don't have a lot of anxiety. They just need basic obedience and they're just poorly behaved because they don't know any better, not because they're controlled by fear. But even with that situation, uh, if you do a board and train or you do training and the dogs become well-trained, the same as this. If you don't maintain that stuff on a regular basis, it's going to slip away. You're going to have the crazy back. So whether it's stepping on a leash and little behavior modification techniques to ward off anxiety, you need to be maintaining your um, criteria for whatever behaviors that you want to maintain moving forward, whether it's a come when called or a down stay, those kind of things. Because a lot typically, as soon as something is fixed or acceptable, there's so much going on in our lives that we just immediately shift to the next fire we have to put out. Yeah. And yeah. dogs are something that they always need a touch from a behavioral obedience side, not just a caress yeah. and a lot of love. And I would you need say to too, continue to give them a little bit of structure. I would say with that point, reverting back to the foundation, right? Like if something fell apart, go back to how it was foundationally taught or how you foundationally learned it to build back up. And I'm going to give Kristen kudos again here that what Scott said is totally true, but it also has to do with the owner, like looking at the dog's behavior. And you're really good about doing that. Like you knew even before we came, okay, when people come over and Grayson starts escalating, then the dog starts escalating. Like you're putting two and two together. Is this situation productive for my dog? Did she appear more confident in this situation? You're observing her behavior, which is helping her versus just being the person that holds the leash and acting like, okay, we're going here, we're doing this, everything else, you know? So that observing the owner being present with what's happening and did it go well or did it actually not go well and (laughs) did it go the wrong way is a big part of the success too. You have to be observing constantly and making sure that it's heading in the right direction and continuing to. Yeah. And I know that the, the training and all of this with Daisy has been a, I would say a fairly significant investment monetarily for you guys to go, to get into this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's not why you follow through. You follow through because of the dog. Right. And I say that when you said, oh, when I texted you a crate and said, this is the crate she needs, and you just bought it, um, I do that kind of stuff on a fairly regular basis with people, and they just don't respond. To, uh, did you get that crate yet? Oh. It's like crickets. There's oh. no response. Oh, and yeah. I know they're, they're telling me by not responding that they're not comfortable getting a crate, right. getting this dog in a crate. And that has everything to do with how well this dog does moving in the future. Right. If they're not going to be following these these protocols, they're going to have trouble, you know? Yeah. So, uh, and it doesn't mean she has to live in a crate the rest of her life. It, it, she may get to a point where you're not using a crate anymore down the road. It's just but, some downtime, similar to what you see with your, your yeah. son, right? Yes. Like, if it's just fun all the time, and we're just going on playdates and going to daycare, and then the grandparents are coming over with sugar, like, it's chaotic for everybody. Yeah, most yeah. dogs, when they, people get rid of the crate because... The, the housebreaking is good. The dog's not d- destroying anything anymore. 
the dogs are totally bummed out. They're like, where the hell's my crate? They want to get away from the humans. You know, they just need a break from us and they want to go in their crate. And now that's gone because right. it took up floor space. Right. That's usually yeah. why people get rid of them. That's why you get the topper for it. Yeah. So it's an now it looks furniture. You make it into an island. Her, her whole place is yeah. all cute and interior designed up. But that downtime, I would say, doesn't only help Grayson, but it helps Daisy too, right? Yes, it does because... It, it kind of just takes her out of an equation that could make her nervous. Yeah. Or she's like, well, I want to eat that. I want to yeah. eat that toy. But yeah. now that's gone. And she's like, I'll just take a nap. Yeah. And, <laughs> and that she doesn't have to worry about what am I supposed to be doing? Because yeah. that's what we, we you could you could see that in her all the time yeah. before. And it's almost yeah. to us the way like they're trying to alleviate that anxiety, right? Like, oh my God, maybe if I get back inside, I'll feel better. Maybe if I swallow this toy, I'll feel better. Yeah. Maybe if I, you know, get pet over here, I'll feel better. Maybe if I go, you know, run into this room and lay under the bed, I'll feel better. And they're like, they're literally trying to self-soothe. And I, I get that. Like, you know, if you're a person that can get low and stuff, like, yeah, how do I feel better? What can I do to get myself to feel better? But when that anxiety is manifesting itself in that way, it's almost like there's no rhyme or reason for any choice she's right. making. Yeah. She's almost not even in control anymore. Right. I did that last yeah. night with cannoli chips. <laughs> no, no control. By the time I went to bed, I had a stomach ache. I know. Like, oh, my God. Why did, I, why did I do that to myself? Yeah. Well, it's like what you said a few weeks ago, the calm, uh, control creates calm. Yeah. And that is our lifestyle now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, and it yeah. and it and I think it is really working out well and like I I, I, just philosophically, just to end on this, I mean, did you guys feel comfortable as far as on the return and um, like, you know, when we were both there, like, do you, do you feel like what you're doing with Daisy is productive? Do, do you guys have moments of talking like, is this the wrong thing? Is it not? And we're totally open. Like, I want you to be honest, but do you have moments where you're concerned about how she's feeling because of the training or if she's on the bed and she has to stay on the bed, like making her hold that criteria? Does that make sense? Um, I would say in the beginning we did because we didn't know, you know, what 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 we should be feeling and then you know scott kind of put it so clearly to us is don't worry about how she's feeling you know, don't Im don't impose those human emotions on yeah. daisy and so we just we make we don't we just purposely don't enter those thoughts yeah. anymore and that yeah. we're just like no this is what is right for her yeah. we seeked the help yeah. from experts that told us this is what is good for her yeah. and now we see the benefit we see it you yeah. know and well and you also you were going through that learning stage but scott's right like we don't know what the dogs are feeling you know we we barely know what the five-year-olds are feeling you mm -hmm. can talk to grayson but maybe whatever emotions he's explaining aren't really what he's feeling right. you know what i mean and we can't impose we can't make a backstory or we can't create a scenario that the dog lives in because we really don't know where the dog's coming from but you can see point a and point b i would yes. say yeah no and i think that you want to have an emotionally healthy family and household that's obvious yes so you're willing to do whatever it takes to establish some calmness among not only the dog but your son your husband yes. you just want to have a calm environment where people aren't all nuts right we're the same way <laughs> yeah. we don't want to have a nutty household we got enough nuts between the two of us <laughs> when we do when we do have uh you know a lot of instability within the house and typically that's from maybe a pet dog that comes it's tough <laughs> Oh, and we need here. to get them all. You know, our dogs she was suffer. Asleep, actually. If we have a dog come in that is really fearful and anxious, our dogs start getting a little bit stressed. Like, what's up with this dog? Yeah. What's wrong with you, buddy? Yeah, because oh, we they're all still recovering from Daisy. But we all no, no, no. <laughs> Daisy's Daisy's one of our good ones. But we all feel the energy, right? And I had to wake her up right now. She was honestly sleeping at my feet. And this isn't easy. We come into a cigar studio. We take a left. We go upstairs. She met our producer. Like this isn't. Just like going to Petco and buying dog food and leaving. Like, this is a big outing for her, and yes. she's doing great. Yeah. And I'm super proud of her, and we're super proud of you. Yeah, you did a great job. Yeah. You're still doing a good job. And uh, Grayson, if you're watching, 
Looking forward to seeing you, buddy. <laughs> Happy St. Patty's Day, dude. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next Wednesday. And in the meantime, keep it keep quirky. It quirky. <laughs> Where'd the pig come from? <laughs> The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.